would you like to see done <coughs> both on your behalf and on the behalf of your people by citizens? Well, I'm 43 years old now and I've been struggling for Indian rights since I was a teenager's treaty rights. And uh, I think it's about time that the American citizens uh, put pressure on their government and their elected officials to uh, to get them to start honoring all these treaties that they made with us so that uh, people can move forward. This is, we've spent millions upon millions of dollars fighting for treaty rights over the last hundred years and uh, the treaties that they made with us so that uh, people can move forward. This is, we've spent millions upon millions of dollars fighting for treaty rights over the last hundred years. That is Leonard Peltier in his own words, a call to Leonard Peltier. We want to let people know that they've done the parole hearing and now the parole board has 21 days to consider, um, well, Leonard Peltier's fate. He has yeah. been in prison, well, almost as long as I've been alive for something he didn't do. Um, well, they needed a scapegoat of some sort, so they picked him. So if you want more information, go to whoisleonardpeltier.info. And there is lots and lots of info on the internet about Leonard Peltier. Um, Amnesty International actually in 1999 put out a position that he needs to be freed. Technically he is not a political prisoner, but by many people he is considered a political prisoner. Yeah, it's one of those things where they convict you of another crime, but it's still for political reasons. So, today is the last day of July, Friday, July 31st, and today is the anniversary of the U.S. Patent Office and the birthday of J.K. Rowling, who's an author. Yes. Okay, so then uh, coming up tomorrow, uh, we have lots. There's uh, Girlfriend's Day. Wait a second. Every day is every, Girlfriend's every day. day. is Girlfriend's Day. You're either looking for a girlfriend or you treat your girlfriend with respect. <laughs> but, okay, there's a day for a girlfriend. It's a special day. You better prepare. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Yeah, you got less than 24 hours, so good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> to either find one or find something for one. Yes. And tomorrow is also Lunasa. It's a seasonal holiday. Uh, it's the... Uh, basically the midpoint between the summer solstice and the uh, autumn equinox. It's the start of uh, a harvest season. Okay, so then we've also got National Mustard Day. Um, I guess a day to harvest the mustard <laughs> and appreciate the mustard. Uh, respect for Parents Day. Uh, Again, I guess every, day. every day. Yeah. Uh, rounds Resounding Day. What is that? I don't know. Rounds Resounding Day. We'll have to look into that one. Mm-hmm. It's the anniversary of MTV. And the anniversary of the World Wide Web. Yes. So every time you say WWW today... Uh, well, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. think of tomorrow. Huh? Think of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jerry Garcia's birthday coming up tomorrow. 
And also Francis Scott Key's birthday. Uh, two notable musicians. <laughs> and su- Sunday, the 2nd of August, is Sister's Day. The uh, anniversary... Well, every day is Sister's Day, but... Yeah, I'll have to give my sister a call. The anniversary of the signing of De- Declaration of Independence official. Hmm. I guess they had a, another signing, and then they had an official signing. Yeah. <laughs> um... The birthday of James Baldwin, author, and the American Family Day in Arizona. So, it, uh, apparently the rest of the United States doesn't have American Family Day. Uh, I guess not. Only Arizona cares about families. <laughs> so, that's a few um, dates in of importance. Here's a community announcement. Um, recently, I was in the Carbondale Library, and I've talked about a device called a kilowatt hour meter. Basically, this is something you plug in the wall and then you plug an appliance into it and it tells you how much energy that appliance uses at that very moment. Or if you leave it plugged in for a day, it'll show how much energy, for example, a fridge uses. Well, the Carbondale Public Library has a few of these for checkout. You don't have to buy your own. Um, when I go do an energy audit, I bring in like you know about five of these and put them around the house and then come back in a day or a week it matters how detailed the energy audit is so you can do your own simple energy audit by checking a kilowatt hour meter out at the Carbondale Public Library it's pretty exciting so now we have a happening and our uh, first happening here is a very critical one it's critical mass it's a bike ride it's happening uh, today at 6 p.m. and they're meeting at the town square pavilion at 6 p.m. critical mass is they're bike rides that are spontaneous, leaderless rides that begin at specific times and locations in various cities around the world. Okay, pause a second. It says spontaneous at specific times. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reason they call it spontaneous is because they have no idea where they're riding. Yeah. And people dress up. I've seen some critical mass rides where people dress as butterflies. I was actually in San Francisco and I saw a naked critical mass ride. And... um uh-huh. Hundreds. I was. It took me by surprise. Just all of a sudden, hundreds of bicycles going by, <laughs> naked. Yeah. I mean, the bicycles weren't naked. <laughs> well, the, the bicycles are always naked. They're just. Uh, well, they're naked when there's nobody on them. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, and it wasn't as naked as you would think because everybody was painted up. <laughs> yeah. In some very very extravagant forms, in some cases. Yeah. Some people just had like a suit painted on them. One guy had a suit, <laughs> and he had like a top hat on and flag, a flag, and he he looked like Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, he had a little beard. I think it was a real beard, and he had a suit painted on him. You could kind of tell because he was a little bit hairy. <laughs> yeah, hairy suit. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I would read this part too because it's pretty good. Uh, so they they mentioned that uh, critical mass isn't a protest. Instead, when we ride on critical mass, we're living the world we would like to see, filling the streets with bikes, laughter, human speed, clean air, engagement, and life. <laughs> and at critical mass, they can bike down the streets, uh, safe from speeding cars, together, empowered by their numbers. So it's a celebration of uh, human pedal power. And it's happening, uh, the local version is happening today at 6 p.m., uh, starting at the Town Square Pavilion. And from what I understand, it's like the last Friday of every month worldwide. That's yeah. like the set date. So it's a specific time and spontaneous fun. 
<laughs> yes. Party time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Big Muddy IMC film, big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. Today, July 31st at 7 p.m. at the IMC, today's film is American Dream. Documentarian Barbara Koppel weighs in with an unsettling account of the months-long strike of employees at the Hormel Meat Packing Plant in August, Austin, that'd be Minnesota. I almost said Minneapolis for whatever reason. In 1984... Juxtaposed against the Reagan administration's demolition of the nation's air traffic controllers union, the Hormel strikers find themselves picketing during the worst climate for organized labor since the 19th century. They actually got the Oscar for Best Documentary in 1991. This film, American Dream, will be shown tonight at 7 p.m. at the IMC. Yes, 214 North Washington in Carbonado. So, uh... Then coming up, we've got some Saturday happenings. One of them is the Saturday Habitat for Humanity. They will be working at 2217 Robley Street in Murfreesboro on Saturday. And that's from 8 until noon, and they're just painting and doing landscaping and wrapping up the end of making, well, a house. Making a habitat. (laughs) Every Saturday, Vigils for Peace. Saturdays from noon until 1 p.m., the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. Yes, we can. Begin the peace economy, end the wars, put people to work, not war. That's from noon to 1 p.m. And before I forget, also 8 until noon, every Saturday through November, is the Farmer's Market. Yes, if you didn't remember that, I was going to get that. Yeah, because we both I mean, remember. there's good food there, good people, good times. Even if it's raining, the farmers still have vegetables. Yeah. And that's how important it is. We both forget things, but we both remember that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to get that out there. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back unless you have another happening. Um, no, that's it. We can get to the news when we can. Guess back. what? If you don't have a happening email to us, your event's not going to happen because yep. we're the happening guys. Send it to us so we know about it. Maybe we'll show up. Maybe we'll let people know about it. The email for the radio show is... <laughs> info at yourcommunityspirit.org Yes, or you can send it to me at treesong at treesong.org And I would say send it to both of us because then it definitely gets on the air. Thank you. 
You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the... For the what? Oh my god, I completely forgot. What are we supposed to prepare for? For the changes needed in the world as we know it. The changes needed in the world as we know it. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Treesaw. And let's talk about nuclear plans hurting power companies' credit ratings. We'll talk a little bit about it. Power companies pursuing construction of new nuclear plants might find it harder to get credit, meaning tax payers or rate payers could end up shouldering a greater financial burden for the costly and environmentally harmful projects. Let's see. Companies investing in new nuclear projects, cost estimates for which are hovering in the $6 billion range, haven't adjusted their finances accordingly, according to Moody's Investors Service, a leading independent credit rating firm, which recently released a report that says it's considered taking a more negative view of debt obligations issued by companies seeking to build nuclear power plant. This report is titled, The New Nuclear Generation Ratings Pressure Increase. Fourteen companies have submitted applications to the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission to build 17 new reactors, with the first approvals expected beginning in 2011. Just to let you know, earlier in our area, Ameren UE announced that it was suspending plans to build a new reactor in its Callaway plant in Missouri. A factor was the state's ban of construction work in progress, a financing scheme that allows a nuclear utility to recover the construction cost of a reactor from ratepayers before the reactor uh, is up and running. Oh, I see how that goes. So they can raise the rates yeah. before they built it. Well, you need money to build this, so we're going to raise your rates. Yeah. So uh, in Missouri, at least, they passed they passed a law that says that the utilities can't do that. Yeah. So... Well, that's good. It means less people having to pay out of their pockets for a utility company to create nuclear power. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense for me to, you know, have a company pay pay a company to produce something I don't want them to produce. Yeah. Well, you can imagine how absurd it would seem if they did it directly. You know, if they had one of the Ameren CEOs sitting, like, in front of a a store or something with a little table with selling, <laughs> like, baked goods saying, we're trying to raise money to build this nuclear plant. Uh, <laughs> we need a few billion dollars. Uh, could you support us? <laughs> then you would realize how absurd it was, so they try to slip it in the bill when you're not looking. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> so Maybe I'm actually awake after all. Okay, so another news. Do we want to talk about climate change? I know we usually do. Um, should we change the subject? Well, it's kind of like in your face. I mean, have you noticed that it rained a, a lot more yeah. abnormally? It did. The weather, yeah. We've so I guess climate change, climate. yeah, has been in our face. So let's yeah. talk about it. Now, that whole thing that happened back in May might have been related to climate change. We don't know. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Uh, so citizens want their leaders to make climate a higher priority, a new poll finds. Here's one thing citizens of the U.S., Iraq, and Palestinian territories have in common. Mothers. <laughs> Mothers, <laughs> no. <that> too. <laughs> okay. We've got a lot in common. It's, <laughs> but uh, here's one of many things that we have in common. 
according to a new 19-country public opinion poll on climate change, they're the least likely to want more action on it, the issue from their governments. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I know Iraq and Palestinian territories, it's because they're occupied, there's war going on, they feel they've got to work on those issues. What? I'm the in U.S. The though, I don't understand. Why, why does the U.S. not want action? <laughs> so let's see. American citizens showed the least interest of all of the countries in response to the question. Uh, the question was, how high a priority do you think the government should place on addressing climate change? So this was re released by worldpublicopinion.org, uh, 19 nations, uh, including the largest greenhouse gas emitters, and 60% of the world's population between these nations. Uh, so they asked 18,000 people, so not a huge sampling, but, uh, you know, enough to get some idea. And uh, the U.S. respondents also scored lowest when they were asked to rank from 1 to 10, how high a priority does the government currently place on addressing climate change? <laughs> See, that might be part of it. People aren't used to addressing climate change, so... Climate change, behave thyself. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's climate change. <laughs> that's climate change. Well, we, we know there's at least two people in southern Illinois who uh, are interested in the issue of climate change. Because we talk about it about every week here. That's true. I'm changing the subject. <laughs> Obesity. Obesity is causing higher health costs. So get skinny by going green. That's right. According to a new study, obesity is a leading contributor to the high cost of health care in America, besides the fact that your car gets worse gas mileage. <laughs> That's right. For yeah. every extra pound. <laughs> Apparently, being fat is killing everyone's wallet when it comes to insurance. Could going green help reduce the high cost of medical care in the land of the free by offering more healthy way to live? Ah, Yeah. The study by Eric Finkelstein, Justin Trognor, Joel Conan, and William Ditz says that there is an undeniable link between raising cost of obesity and raising medical spending, and moreover, among calls for health reform, real cost savings are more likely to be achieved through reducing obesity and related health factors. Before you know it, so okay, being overly fat isn't healthy, but what's a fat person to do? Like, you know, or, um, this topic hits pretty close to home for me. For years, I was, uh, you know, a regular gym goer until one morning I just stopped going. Well, actually, this morning I went <laughs> and I rode my bike to the radio station. So I'm trying to get back into it. Yeah. Um, I I ate crappy foods and my social life disappeared. Maybe I was depressed or just tired of trying to keep up with, with the fast way of life. But whatever the reason, the result was I've gained weight and I've gained lots of it. So I'm trying to go green, but mainly I'm just trying to go healthy. So <laughs> yeah. you you're doing the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still working on gaining. I've gained I've gained good weight, but could still use a few more pounds. There you go. We could both benefit from uh, the, if you set up one of those bicycles that generates electricity at, you know, the uh, exercise centers of the world, <laughs> sit on that, generate some electricity, and build your cardiovascular and your, your core strength and all that. That sounds good. <laughs> Let's do that. Yes. And so, 
In other news, speaking of electricity, I, did I didn't even did set that one up. It just you just walk into these things. Yeah, well, do it. You, you need to read it, read ahead, so you know what you're going to talk about ahead of time. Yes, well, it must have subconsciously <laughs> set itself up then. But speaking of electricity, I'm eager to mention this one uh, on EV Street, kind of like Easy Street, but EV EV Street for electric vehicle. Yes, Tesla speeds past financial troubles, opens retail stores across the country. Five months ago, Tesla appeared to be following in the footsteps of other American automakers, uh, layoffs, a dearth of financing, and a spring recall of 70% of delivered roadsters. Uh, people started speculating that they might be the next casualty of the economic dern- <laughs> downturn. But Tesla proved just too cool to fail. That's too cool to fail. Yes, they've been getting some extra funding. Uh, they got a, a German automaker... Uh, got a 10% stake and a deal for Tesla to supply the batteries for the test series of their electric cars. And then in June, uh, Uncle Sam gave $465 in Department of Energy loans um, to Tesla. That's million. Or, oh, yes, million. <laughs> Did I say thousand? No, you said $465. <laughs> million. Yes. <laughs> yes, $465 million in Department of Energy loans. So uh, that's going towards the new Model S sedan. Now that's that's some of the stuff that excites me because the more they get towards, uh, you know, cars that everybody can buy, the more exciting Tesla gets. Because I mean, it's kind of cool that they've got the electric sports car, but there's only going to be like a few hundred people who are going to get that. Once well, they yeah, their current one is like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right? they're going a hundred thousand dollars. Then I think the next one's going to be fifty or sixty thousand dollars. Then they've got plans to release, like, you know, the more, like, $20,000 range one eventually. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, you work from the top down. I mean, you produce a really high-quality one, and you do a really good job in that. People think that you have a really high-quality product. I mean... Yeah. And it seems to be working. Okay, so, they, uh, they're, so they're opening up uh, new uh, retail stores. And they don't, they don't call them dealerships. They call them retail stores. Well, part of it is you can't walk in and buy the car. <laughs> Because there's like a four to five month waiting period. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can go in and look at it, and then you order it, and they deliver it to you. Yeah. So, it, it is a store. <laughs> yeah. Not a dealership. I'll bet if you're one of these stinking rich people, you know, like so rich that you've got billions of dollars, you can walk in there and buy the display model. <laughs> mm, well, if, if you offer them five times the. Uh, I don't know. Price. Someone <laughs> would hear about it, and they're. Opinion would plummet for the company. Yeah. You know someone would hear about it. Someone that. would hear about it. They might not go for that. <laughs> but, know. yeah, they're going to be in all sorts of cities, like Chicago, Miami, D.C., Toronto, Munich, uh, Monaco. Yes. And <laughs> oh, New York, Los Angeles, Menlo Park, London, Seattle. So electrics everywhere. And currently the federal tax incentive gives you $7,500 for a hybrid or um an yeah. electric or a plug-in hybrid vehicle, so that's a good incentive, uh, you know, a good extra incentive there. So yeah. Um, so speaking of cars, I'm going to go to green transportation. The cash for clunkers calculator. Man, I didn't even slur that at all. The uh-huh. cash for clunkers, cash for clunkers, clunkers calculator. calculator. This is for all of us. Did you know that you can get up to forty-five hundred dollars if you take your old vehicle it doesn't have to be beat up but one that doesn't get very good gas mileage and you turn it in essentially trade it in for a vehicle that gets better gas mileage yes Mm -hmm. and you can get up to forty five hundred dollars cash money that's what i understand 
Um, so buying a highly fuel-efficient car will not only reduce global warming, it'll save you money at the pump, and, of course, you can get that cash money. Um, go use the calculator to find out actually how much you will save from driving this more fuel-efficient vehicle with gas prices at current and last year's level. You can enter the gas mileage of your clunker and then the vehicle you're looking to buy and see your savings. The website is sierraclub.org slash transportation slash clunkers slash calculator dot ASPX. And there's tons of these calculators and like um, if you go to Blue Book or Edmunds, it'll give you a list of the vehicles because it can't be a really old vehicle. They actually have a rule like if it's too old, they won't accept it. Yeah. They want you to get your newer but unfuel efficient vehicle and switch it for a fuel efficient vehicle. Yeah. And it's a double savings because you get the benefit from this program, plus you get the benefit of greater fuel efficiency. Yep. And so, and um, if you do have a vehicle that you really, really like, don't turn it in because they will crush it. <laughs> but if you want to save a lot of money and in the long run, you know, or if you're just thinking of getting a new car, pretty much any new car now gets better gas miles than a car that's, you know, 10 years old. Or even five years old, or even brand new. Mm-hmm. Like one you bought like two years ago, most of the vehicles now get better gas mileage. Yeah, they're working on it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, I mean, we kind of get hit a little hard with that $4 a gallon gas. So, mm-hmm. um, any last words of wisdom and advice? Mm-hmm. Nope. I guess we just, uh, <laughs> we've, we've said all that can be said for today. It's like, <laughs> um, I guess it's actually still pretty nice out, uh, so you can get out and enjoy the nice Southern Illinois weather if you're here with us in Southern Illinois. Yeah. I mean, this is the chance to actually enjoy. I think this is going to be a very beautiful weekend. Yeah. So, last chance before August. August is supposed to be the hot month. Yes. (laughs) August is coming. (laughs) Yeah. Last month was hot, but August is supposed to be the hot month of the year. Yeah. So... August is the month when the thermometer, like the, it, it breaks at the top because it's gotten so hot. Really? <laughs> I've, uh, it only, I, I think it only happens in cartoons. Oh, good thing I don't have a thermometer. Because <laughs> if the uh, thermometer only goes up to 100 degrees and then it's 105, the thermometer breaks at the top. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, and we'll... Well, actually, I just thought of a happening. I won't be here next week because ah. I'm going to the Illinois Renewable Energy Fair. The, the website is IllinoisRenew.org, over 75 workshops, over 100 vendors on everything to do with renewable energy and sustainable living. And here I almost forgot to tell people, <laughs> yeah. I have a big van. If someone wants to hop on board, it is up near Rockford. Um, again, IllinoisRenew.org, <laughs> the State Renewable Energy Fair. Yes, and if you can't make it out for that, you can hop on board the radio show next week because I'll still be here. <laughs>